Hi, this is Tom Brevoort, and you are listening to the Captain America Comic Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 97 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Fabanis, and I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That would be Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob. Little pig, little pig, let me in. <laughs> I got nothing, Rick. I, I, honestly, I got nothing. Uh, apparently, you, you're not a fan of The Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> I have never watched or read The Walking Dead. Oh, well, let yeah. me tell you, my friend, that was a character by the name of Negan. All right. who uh, is one of the, the, the most vile villains to ever come across uh, comics. He, he's a, he's a, a mean, mean man. Uh, um, he's redeemed himself, uh, but he, in the beginning, uh, uh-huh. a very, very mean man uh, who carries around a baseball bat wrapped with barbed wire he calls Lucille. Oh, okay. And that was him knocking on the gate of Rick Grimes and his crew uh saying let me in in oh, a very I mean, ominous tone so so why am i talking about the walking dead that no idea right That's I, not, this is not the direction i expected you to go no no oh well i'm talking about the walking dead because that was created by robert ah, kirkman right okay. right yeah so robert kirkman uh is the writer of the Captain America story we are covering today. Got it. Yes. And we are covering Captain America volume four issues 29 through 32. It's a four issue story. It's the last four issues of volume four came, came out in 2004, Bob. And uh, that's what we're covering today. So I wanted to, to bring it back to, to Robert Kirkman. All right. Okay. It all comes together. Again, you pull it off. Uh, I, I thought I thought you were going off the, I thought something happened to you. I thought maybe you hit your head or something, but you, you, uh, yeah, you, it all came together. What direction did you think I was going to go? I, I thought, I thought for sure you were going to sing Yankee, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh yeah. 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 Cause yeah. of the, the video. Right. I thought that's the direction you were going to go. In, yeah. Know, well, so. you know what? It's not too late. You want to give it a shot? <laughs> well, uh, funny you should mention it. I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy, a Yankee Doodle do or die, a real live nephew of my Uncle Sam, born on the 4th of July. Wow. Yeah, that's all you're getting from me. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Nicely done. Ah, well, uh, I'm sure the neighbors are really appreciating that. Yeah, my wife's wondering what the heck's going on, and the cats are covering their ears. Yes. Yeah, and probably the listeners are like, what the hell is wrong yeah, with these two? I'm sure the listeners appreciate it. They all probably just got up and started <laughs> saluting. Yeah. So, um, you know, we do have the four issues we want to get through today. We're going to do it in the new format. We're, we're not going to go panel by panel. So this isn't going to take three hours. Um, we will get through it as quickly as possible with our 
of course, are uh, well-renowned comments and uh, oh, um, yeah. snark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, extra snark. A little, a little extra snark on the side, if you would, please. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, so, Bob, before we get into it, I, I wanted to read a review uh, that somebody left us on the Apple Podcasts. And um, we always appreciate that because um, you give us five stars, you leave a review and, you know, it helps get to get us uh, seen on, on the Apple. So uh, on iTunes, we really appreciate that. This, uh, this one comes from uh, Calixar, Kelzar, I don't know. It's C-A-I-L-X-A-R. That, is that Kelzar? I, I don't know. I, pro- I, I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing a a formal name here, but um, so this person wrote for every cap fan exclamation point. And they wrote, if you like any incarnation of Captain America, this podcast is for you. Each episode dives into the origins of the characters, good guys, bad guys, villains. And then in parentheses, listen to the top 10 list to understand the difference. This has quickly become my favorite podcast. Well, thank you, uh, Calixar. We appreciate that five-star review. Very kind of you. Um, and again, if, uh, if the listeners haven't given us a, a review on Apple, please do so. We really do appreciate that. Indeed, indeed. Hey, Bob, before we get into uh, this, this story, uh, I want to just put a little plug in for next episode so everybody stick around because at the end i'm going to talk about next episode but bob i got a surprise for you for next episode i'll tell you too what that surprise is oh i'm on pins and needles right yeah so stick around for that all right all right you got me you hooked me so bob um, i'm gonna kind of paint the scene here for for this story Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with it, the fact that this is volume four, right? So volume four came out, um, in early 2002 and it had a Marvel Knights imprint. Now, what that meant back then was that it was a, just like a, a more mature story. Um, usually rated like PG 13 or something like that. So it had the Marvel Knights banner on it. And, and why was it considered mature? Well, because, uh, you know, the, the, the content and the topics and the story were hard hitting. And this was post 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if all the characters in the Marvel Universe who was going to have a response to 9-11, Captain America is right there in the front, right? Yeah, absolutely. So they launched this series with uh, this particular story that um, basically confronts terrorists. And uh, the, the writer is uh, John Nayriber and the artist, John Cassidy. And I, I got to tell you, John Cassidy did some of his best work here. It's amazing detail, uh, very realistic mm-hmm. looking. Um, and then that was like a six part story. And then, um, you know, we, have, we don't really do much from volume four because there's these large blocks, right? Because then it was followed by another John Nay, Nay Raber story called the extremist. And that was five issues. And the artist mm-hmm. was Trevor Hersane. Um, then, then he kicks off another five issue story called ice with 
um, writer Chuck Austin, who eventually took over. Uh, and that was had some really cool work, artwork by Jay Lee. Uh, then there was a four issue block called Cap Lives. Now we did cover that. Mm, yes, we um, did. Yeah, and that was written by Dave Gibbons and, and amazing art by Lee Weeks. Fun story about Cap waking up in, in a world where uh, the Nazis won. And uh, if you like an apocalyptic type story, it's a cool story. We covered it in episode 61. So definitely check that out. Um, then there was a five issue story called Homeland. And we had uh, Robert Morales come on as the writer. And uh, Chris Pacello was the artist doing some, some really cool artwork. Um, then Morales stayed on and did something called the Bucky issue. It was like one shot. And then it was a Requiem, which was a two-part story starring uh, Isaiah Bradley. Uh, From an alternate universe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was introduced in that story, um, you know, the truth, uh, red, white, and black. So all of these were heavy hitting stories, uh, dark stories, if you will, all under the Marvel Knights banner. And then there comes today's story. Mm -hmm. No longer Marvel Knights banner. Uh, they lifted that uh, because this is not a dark story. It's a fun story. And so that's the reason we, we, we chose to go over it. Um, it's four issues, but it's a quick four issues. It's a little bit of a bubblegum story. There's not going to be a ton of dialogue like, uh, a, let's say, a Mark Grunewald story would be, or even a Mark Wade. Mm -hmm. um, but it, uh, it's a fun story that has a lot of guest stars. You know, and I love, uh, it's got some great covers, Rick, you know, and uh, I, I, particularly the one we're going to start with tonight, you know, with Dave Johnson. It's, I, 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 this one hits home for me because uh, I cannot believe this didn't make it into the final brackets for oh, when we did the, top uh, when we did the covers. covers, you yeah. know, because this, I just, I love this one. I have a print of this one uh, signed by Dave Johnson. Do you really? I do. Fabulous. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 He did. Dave Johnson did all four covers for, for this. Uh, he did a couple of previous too, um, uh, for the Rob Morales stories, mm -hmm. but um, he's a, he's a great cover artist and he, he he's on the convention circuit too. If you want to, you know, probably see him at, at shows near you. Uh, so let's get to the, the creative team. Uh, we talked about Robert Kirkman and I want to paint the scene here too, right? Because Robert Kirkman is a household name right now. I mean, people know him for creating Walking Dead, for creating Invincible, uh, you know, an animated show, um, and, a, and a bunch of other things as well. At this point in his career, though, in 2004, when he started writing this particular issue for Captain America, he had only been writing comics for about two years. Um, his Walking Dead comic series was on issue eight when this came out his invincible series was on issue 13 when this came out this is actually only his third marvel comic uh, and and certainly his biggest name marvel comic because the other things were just kind of fill-in stories so it's a kind of really interesting that we're getting robert kirkman pretty early in his career <clears throat> and this is something that you know he's you know while he's doing his creator own stuff. He's getting in some Marvel work, which is probably paying the bucks, right? It's, you know, paying the bills for him. Right. Now, Scott Eaton is the penciler. And I got to say, I really enjoy the art in this story. Mm -hmm. um, the layouts are great. 
the the backgrounds are very detailed his characterization of the different faces was pretty good i see um a lot of there's some times in there where where steve or cap is looking up and you see a close-up on his face and it looks like brian hitch Hmm. and and the funny thing is is brian hitch was he didn't do captain america reborn until like you know years later um so i don't know if brian hitch got a little bit of from here i don't know but i definitely see a brian hitch influence and now he's been doing comics for about 14 years at this point um a lot of fill-in stuff but leading up to this four issues that he's doing for cap um he did do two years for cross gen doing a series called sigil and then he just finished doing about a year's worth of thor and then now he's coming on here but he's uh i i really enjoyed his artwork in this yeah, I did too. I was, uh, you know, honestly not familiar with uh, Scott's work, but uh, having you know gone back through and read these, I was super impressed as well with uh, the level of detail and the faces, as you said, and uh, it's just it's a very engaging art um, um, that uh, draws your eye all over the panels. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, the anchor is Drew uh, Garissi or Garrisi. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Colorist, Rob Schwager. Letterer, Randy Gentile. And editor, our pal, Tom Brevoort. So this first uh, story comes out, uh, has a cover date of September 2004. And by the way, this is six years before Walking Dead TV series uh, went out and seven years before Captain America First Avenger. So again, Kirkman's not a household name and Cap's probably not as popular as he is today. Yeah, I think that goes without saying. I, you know, we, we forget that sometimes, right? That uh, Cap went through those lulls where uh, he just was not, uh, you know, he, just, he wasn't up there. You know, X-Men were up there, right? Spider-Man was still really popular. Punisher mm-hmm. uh, and Cap kind of faded into the background for a long time. And, uh, it's important to remember that sometimes. Yeah, and you know what was else going on right now? And and I was just about to get to that is uh, something called Avengers Disassembled. So Avengers Disassembled was the beginning of Brian Michael Bendis's run on the Avengers. And they they renumbered uh, with it. We started renumbering it and it started with Avengers 500. And there was this four-issue story called Avengers Disassembled, it ran 500 through 503. At the same time, there were a bunch of tie-ins. And this is one of the tie-ins. And, and on the cover, it says Captain America Disassembled. And it has the same Disassembled logo that's on the Avengers. Up in the corner, there's an Avengers logo that's shattered, just like on the Avengers book. So they're really trying to tie this in. I'm going to give you, everybody, a heads up. It is so loosely tied in. Like, like it is nothing really to do with with the avengers there's i think the prerequisite panel or two in each issue where cap's a little sad about what's going on with the avengers right now but that's it that's it doesn't advance the story at all um also bob guess what else was going on at this time what what rick well captain america had a second book called captain america and the falcon that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think, I think the artist was Bart Sears mm -hmm. and uh, the writer. Gosh, What's I can't um, remember his name. He did uh, the U S agent miniseries uh, yeah. priest, Christopher yeah, priest, Christopher priest. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that also is a tie in with, with disassembled. So, um, but anyway, that's also going on at the same time. So I just wanted to kind yeah. of paint the scenario, what was going on in our culture at, or pop culture at that time, what was going on in comics at that time, where these characters and where these creators were in their careers. Well done. We should, uh, that's Captain America and the mm -hmm. Falcon series. We got to hit that sometime. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we certainly will put it on the docket. <laughs> All right. So as uh, we've been doing with the new format, Bob, we need to make sure that we have uh, keep in mind what's our favorite panel. Mm -hmm. What do we think is T-shirt worthy? Right. And then what's going on in the time capsule? And right, I think I think I go first this time. OK. All right. So we get to um, the first the first part of the story is called Super Patriot Part One, and it is a um, big, beautiful splash of Captain America fighting a gigantic Mr. Hyde. And he's just screaming, die, Captain America, die. And then there's a, a big fight. They're coming off of a building. Uh, Cap basically hits him with the shield and grabs one of, uh, you know, a... Uh, flagpole does a nice somersault and just lets um, Mr. Hyde fall and, and land on the sidewalk. Um, I got to tell you, and this is not the first time you're going to hear me say this. I'm going to say this over and over again. Uncharacteristic of Captain America. Is it? Yes. For because, Hyde? Well, because look, he's not, they're, they're going off the side. There's mm -hmm. all these big pieces of, of building falling down and there's people i mean big enough to like crush a person and there's all these people down the sidewalk cap's doing nothing to to do anything about that except he's making jokes he's like how many times do we have to do this before you learn your lesson <laughs> see you at the bottom yeah yeah i mean i don't know Uncharacteristic well, I, in my I, opinion. I do think you're reading a, a lot into that but uh i thought you were going to say by letting hyde fall uh, and not trying to cushion his his impact, of course, with Hyde, it, it's, as you, as we know, it doesn't really matter. But but you're right; you draw attention to the large uh, chunks of masonry falling, and that that could be a problem for some of those folks down below. Yeah. So then he starts he starts goading him, and he says, uh, "I'm willing to bet that you're regretting that course of action about now. What do you think was going to happen, Hyde?" When the RAF sends out an all-point bulletin saying someone's escaped, we superheroes don't exactly look the other way. I mean, this is New York. You're bound to run into someone like Spider-Man or Nova, at least. Well, looks like the fall did you in. You about ready to give up? And, and he knocks away his shield and yells, no. He's like, okay, then let's see what you got. I mean, I don't know. That just seems a little cocky for me, mm -hmm. for, for Steve. All right. Um, and then next page, Mr. Hyde just falls over on his face. And then uh, there's these bystanders there. And there's some teenager kids, right? You know, they got their backpack and, you know, um, one of them grabs a shield and he says, I'll take that. Thanks for keeping it company. And one of the kids with the backpack says to, you, his, fr says to his friend, 
Pick a draw up off the ground, loser. And I only point that out because later when Cap, you know, uh, jumps up onto a, uh, a fire escape and he swings up and he goes on top of the building and he starts somersaulting away, um, you know, the, both kids say, wow. And then the, the kid who was called a loser looks at his friend and he smirks at him and the guy's like, what? So even, even, even he was impressed, uh, yeah. the tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we get to the video store and we see Steve in his uh, civilian outfit and he's got, he's putting his jacket over his shield that he's wearing on his back and he's going in and there's a, a young lady behind a counter. He's like, Oh, the usual again, you know, you, you could buy your own copy. You practically paid for the thing 10 times over. And, and look at that face. Does that look like Brian Hitch? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And he smiles at her and says, it stopped seeing you on a regular basis. Not a chance. She's like fresh. <laughs> but I do like seeing that side of Steve. I do too. You know? yeah. And I love that panel you kind of glossed over, but he's walking down the alley. He's putting the jacket on over the shield on his back. And up above, you see Spider-Man uh, swinging across uh, the top of the buildings. And I think that's great. You know, he didn't like even he's not he's not even you know, looking up to see Spider-Man. It's just a little gratuitous cameo thrown in there. Yep. Next page, uh, he's walking back to his, his brownstone and he sees Diamondback there. Now, Bob, I didn't look this up. I should have. I was looking up all the other details, but I, 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 don't, I don't recall the last time we saw Diamondback. Gosh, it would have. Uh, uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't. Did we see her in, uh, in, in volume three? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think remember. so. I don't think so either. So, I mean, it would have had to been back, uh, you know, back in volume one. Yeah. So it's been a while. It has been. And uh, so Scott Eaton's drawing her very voluptuous. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, yes, indeed. She's got her pink outfit on with her high heel boots, but she's got a leather coat over top of her and she's leaning forward with her uh, elbow on her knee and her hand rested in her palm and she has this coy look about her as she's sitting on the on his steps and it's late at night she said i figured you're about due for a visit steve have you been i'm fine i you want to come up i got yankee doodle dandy on dvd it's digitally remastered jeez you're still running that thing after sitting on these steps for almost an hour, sure, I'm up for anything. It brings you to my neighborhood, Diamond. It's been too long. I figured if you weren't going to look me up, I may as well take the initiative and do it myself. We were good together, Steve. You never hear me dispute that. There's a little beep beep, and he picks out. It's like his Avengers ID card, but there's like a little video on the card, and it's it's your guy. Yeah, buddy. Nicholas Fury. Nick. Yep. And it comes to the window. And then we get to um, a really nice big page, splash page of Nick Fury in a, like a jumpsuit, you know, like a yeah. jetpack, right? And, and listen, describe what he's wearing. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's. Scott yeah. put a lot of detail into this. He did. It's a lot going on there, Rick. He's he's obviously got the uh, he's got the 
the uh, the shield uniform, you know, the black shield uniform, the traditional one with the with the sort of the white, you know, boots and uh, the white straps and the white belt. And uh, is it black or is it blue? It's navy blue, right? Well, you're right. It's it's a midnight. It's I think they call it a midnight blue. So it's right there, you know, sort of black blue depending on the light. Um, but it's it's definitely the classic color, right? And uh, and, he, and of course he's got a pistol and his shoulder holster. He's got a hand grenade strap strapped to him. And then of course you know he's got the uh, the anti grab jetpack that allows him to to float in midair outside the fire escape outside of uh, Steve's apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's a, and and look at the side of the building. Look at the detail. Like this is a. You know what? I mean, if like if this page came available, you know, for art, you know, to buy, I would imagine you would love this page because it's a huge picture of, of Nick Fury, but all that detail on the building and the and the right. That's the detail you could see through the window into Steve's apartment and see the detail of the furniture and the bookshelf and the the lamp and the you know the clock radio on his neck. I mean, it's an amazing amount of detail yeah. and the depth of it. Yeah, and all the bricks and the 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 angle, uh, man. So it's just a really nice splash page. Um, so anyway, uh, so he Nick Fury says, uh, "Can Captain America come out and play? I'll get changed." And he looks at Diamondback. You guys are nine him again. We'll see. The jury's still out on that. Not if he's going to force me to watch his crummy movies over and over again. Hey, now that's a classic, and you know it. What do we got, Nick? I'll fill you in once we're aboard the subcarrier. Care to join us? Sure. If I remember correctly, you know how to show a girl a good time. I'll try not to let you down. So they, he puts on, Cap puts on a jetpack, and the two of them, and he holds Diamondback, and they go up into the helicarrier. Yeah, and there's another cameo here, Bob. There's a um, there's a Moon Knight who has got his little uh, moon copter moon thing, and he's he's jumping down from it. So, not shy of cameos. Big gorgeous picture of uh, the helicarrier, and then Nick gives uh, the rundown. He basically tells Cap and Diamondback that there's this senator. His name's Richard Winslow, uh, who's who's a favorite to run for president. And Hydra uh, basically kidnapped him. So he says, uh, you know, it's probably a ransom situation, but we're not waiting around for demands. Um, They've got this new base. It's in the Florida Keys. And so, and then here's another thing that I just don't see Steve saying. I think he's out of character. And And he goes, they've got a new base out in the Florida Keys. I think it's right next to the island Marlon Brando owns. You want me to get his autograph? No, he's, come on, come on. Cap wouldn't ask that. And then, and then, what about that frame? I mean, gosh, it looks just like, um, just like Brian Hitch. So they uh, they go ahead and they they jump out, and uh, Steve says, uh, "Wish us luck." There's at most going to be three hundred or so Hydrafoot soldiers down there. I mean, you're probably going to need those goodies we gave you. But do you really think you need any luck, especially with Diamondback tagging along? You've got a point. And he jumps out of the helicarrier, and it's a nice, nice view. And uh, and so does uh, Diamondback, and they both have on their jetpacks as they're flying through the night sky. 
And then, and then in behind Nicholas Fury, there's a, a man in the shadows. And he says behind him, do you think he suspects? Then just then, Nick's, Nick Fury's face is a hologram and it changes. The Boy Scout, not a chance. And it's a totally different character. So that was not Nick Fury. Dun, dun, dun. Now, Rick, I'm reconsidering getting that, uh, that full page, uh, splash page. Now that I know that's not really Nick. Well, that's a good point. Oh, hell, if someone gave it to me, I'd probably still accept it. <laughs> I wouldn't turn down any free original art. Right, yeah. So the two of them are, are under heavy fire uh, by the Hydra base. And there's tanks and there's gun silos and everything. It looks heavily armored. And they're getting shot at, but they're evading it and zigzagging. And then they go in and then there's a guy behind uh, an anti-aircraft uh, you know, gun and he's like, die, die, die. And <laughs> Cap just throws the shield and knocks out a couple guys and then it zips back into his hand. Now, I really like that. That's a, right? that's a great, that's a great, just that flow of motion is awesome. Yeah, and he he's not even looking. He just puts his arm out and extends it and it perfectly slides onto his hand, right? Like that's yeah. that's cool. And he goes, they never see it coming. So he flies in and then he makes a comment that I don't think Cap would make. I don't think he would come in here and go, stand aside, fellas. We're working here. <laughs> yeah, there's a different level of humor here that is not characteristic of, of Steve's approach. Right. So they bust in through a wall. I mean, that's a, that's an amazing shot right there. That panel, him breaking through the wall and all the little pieces flying everywhere. And you see the Hydra agents like put their arms up in, in fear and grimacing. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool thing. Um, so he's making short work of him. He's like, where is he? Where is Senator Winslow? Um, and they're just like, we don't know. This is a big place. You can't expect us to know every useless and he just knocks him out with the shield so there's a lot of humor in there you know it's not just steve it's the hydra agents in their break room complaining about the pay compared over what they're getting over at aim you know i, lo- I love this stuff yeah and then one guy's like don't look at me i'm still on break <laughs> so they turn the corner and there's you know dozens of more hydra agents you know and they're like there he is get him and he says get him and he just starts jumping into them, punching, throwing a shield. Where are you keeping the senator? Where is he? You'll never succeed. We are Hydra. Cut off a limb and two will take its place. He punches him out. And then this, again, another cool panel here. And he just puts his hand straight up and the shield comes straight down right onto his arm. Right. And yeah. Diamondbacks, well, you still got it. So they, they're charging through there. And then finally, one of the Hydra agencies is like, you know, Winslow's behind the door. Um, and they're, they're chasing Cap and Diamondback. Um, he busts through a door. And he's like, don't worry, sir. It's almost over. Diamond, untie the center. I've got you. And he, he grabs 
the senator on his shoulder and carries him out. And he busts through, I guess, a a wall, does it look like? I don't know if that's a wall or a window or, or, or yeah, or something. Yeah. So um, anyway, he must have got him back to the helicarrier. Because um, next panel we see there, and it's daylight. And Senator Winslow's like, is Captain America, he and the woman are in their quarters, Senator, getting some shut-eye before we get back to New York. Do you think we'll figure it out? Not if you keep your mouth shut. I believe we should discuss payment methods now. I think we'll be doing some renegotiating first, Nolan. I don't think you fully came through on your part of the bargain. I don't think Hydra is in on this. I feared for my safety back there. I didn't hire S.H.I.E.L.D. to put my life in jeopardy. This wasn't supposed to be dangerous. You got what you wanted. You were rescued from a hostage situation by Captain America. You're pretty much sewn up the nomination. And with the footage of the event will leak, you're going to get a ton of votes. You have nothing to complain about. If you want to haggle on the price, though, I can give you something to complain about. No. Okay. Never mind. And so we cut back to uh, New York, and then there's Cap and Diamondback uh, landing uh, in front of Cap's place. Have a good time last night? Things are never dull with you. We should do this again sometime. And next time, let's just watch the movie. I'm all for it. Thanks, Nick. No, Captain. Thank you. And then um, Cap and Diamond are, are kind of talking. And sorry, I didn't think. I, I'm sure Nick could have dropped you off close to your place. I wasn't really planning on going home yet. She gives him that coy look. And then he gets another Avengers priority alert. I've got to go. I'll call you. So poor Diamondback, she's, you know, neglected, rejected. So she's walking back to her place. Again, beautiful land, cityscape here uh, with backgrounds, very detailed. She's walking up her uh, apartment steps. She goes in. And then who's there waiting for her, Bob? I can't believe it, Rick. Could it be? Is it? Is it the Red Skull? How did it go? Great. We're going to see each other again. Good. Everything is going according to plan. And it's the red skull in her apartment. Rick, I, lo- I love I love the art on the wall. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a you know a picture of her. Yeah, of in, course. In uniform, a picture yeah. of Cap in uniform. Who's the guy? I yeah. know it is. Yeah. Is is that Sidewinder? Yeah. Sidewinder yeah. Mr. Volker? Yeah. Working the uh, working the Fu Manchu mustache there, looking good. So continue the next issue, but you know, uh, Red Skull, the art looks very similar to how Ron Garney drew him. It sure does. You know, I you know I I, I got to be honest, I wasn't a big fan of the way he was depicted. Um, you know, by Garney. Um, so this, but it surprised or it struck me. You know, like oh my gosh, that's really really similar. Is that what you meant? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, Rick, because, you know, it's just different strokes, right? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Artists understand that. All right, so here we are in issue 30. So this one has a cover date of October 2004. Same, same creative team. All right, so on the cover here, Bob, uh, our old pal Batroc de Liper 
is back. Oh, and he is uh, jumping onto Cap's shield as Cap's putting it up, and he's turning away, grimacing. And again, the same disassembled, the same shattered Avengers logo, and it says, "At the mercy of the bombastic brutality of Batroc." See, it's not mercy; it's mercy, the way it's spelled. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. Get that's it. so that's clever. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's witty, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> so the opening opening splash page is at Yankee Stadium, and there's a uh, a Yankee baseball player and hitting uh, a baseball. You even hear the crack of the bat. And in the background, you see the crowd cheering. You see the mascot. And then up in the stands, you see Diamondback and Steve in their civvies watching the game. But Steve, he's sulking. And he's looking down. He's got his hands in his, his, his jacket pockets. And he, uh, he looks down. Steve, really, I, I didn't, you didn't have to come. When I asked you along, I, I had no idea what you were going through. I'm, I'm fine, Rachel. The Avenger will bounce back. I'm sure of it. I'm glad you asked me to come to this game with you. I haven't been able to do much now that didn't involve throwing a shield over the last few weeks. You don't have to, you don't seem to be having fun at all. Really. If you want to go, go. I understand. You've been through a lot recently. I appreciate your concern, but really I'm fine. And then the mascot starts to yell attention. See, and there you go, Bob, that was your tie in to Avengers disassembled. That's it. Yeah. So the mascot basically says, I've got the whole stadium loaded with explosives. Um, my associates are going to go through the stands collecting jewelry washes and cash. Uh, if you try anything, we're, we're all going to get blown sky high. And he has a detonator in the hand. And then so Steve rips off his civvies and underneath, of course, is his uniform. And he, he just jumps into action. And he throws the shield at the guy holding the, uh, the detonator. And he jumps down and he, he tells Diamondback to deal with the bag men. So he's, he's like, this clown picked the wrong day to mess with me. But just then, we got Batroc leaping onto the back of, of Captain America. And he's you know, being nailed in the back with his, with his feet at full force. I must say, Captain, you ruined my plans. Batrock. I hoped to merely sit among the spectators and allow my henchmen to do all the work. I even contemplated not attending. That would have been an unforgivable mistake. I had no idea you were a baseball fan. No matter. I've rendered you insensate with a blow that will keep you quite immobile for some hours. Cap just stands up and gives him a right cross, hits him back. Or so I thought, my mind, Captain. You are full of surprises. I'll try to keep up. And then he kicks Captain in the face, knocks him back. But he grabs his boot and he flings him. Batrick, I'm in no mood for this. And he slams him hard into the dugout in his head first. You're not playing around. I have never known you to be this brutal. Had enough? 
Not in the least. I didn't mean to imply otherwise. You see, I actually have the upper hand. Move one inch, and we all die. And he grabbed the detonator, Bob. Really? Go ahead. Press that little red button. I'd like to see what happens. And so he presses it. And what happens, Bob? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's a pen. It clicks open the pen. The pen pops out. Would you like an autograph? <laughs> <laughs> and Cap just backhands him with the shield. Okay, so there are no explosives. No harm, no foul, eh? Mon Capitan, be seeing you. And as he's running away, Cap just throws the shield in the back of his, his spine and knocks him down. Idiot. And it just flings back again perfectly onto his hand, like slides onto his hand. Love that. It's got a whole like um, Mjolnir sort of vibe going on there with the hammer, right? Just, oh, yeah. It always comes back into Thor's hand. Yeah. So then we cut to the helicarrier and we have uh, the fake Nick Fury. What's his name? Wilson? Isn't it Nolan? Nolan. Yeah, Nolan. And he's there with his team talking to the Red Skull. And uh, Red Skull is wearing a new uh, armor. And he basically says, hey, uh, it's time to get paid. Because they're trying to, he's trying to overtake S.H.I.E.L.D. And he needs the money. And the Red Skull says, I appreciate your assistance, Nolan. But I must regretfully inform you that I do not plan to compensate you in any way. Is that so? And then all the phony shield agents, you know, cocked their weapons. As you can see, your options are about as limited as they get. You pay us or you die. Oh, and before you start thinking that advanced armor is going to get you out of this, Sputnik. I believe that was supposed to immobilize me, wasn't it? Did you think I wouldn't look for a failsafe? I have some level of technical expertise at my disposal. In the future, try not to make it so abundantly obvious how new you are at this. Show them, you idiots. And they start firing at him, but he has uh, some sort of force field. You try, my patience. And he busts them all up. And then he basically says to Nolan, I'll tell you this only once. Our business relationship has come to an end. You have helped me in my mission, and I thank you. But that is all you will be getting from me in return. If you have a problem with that, I will kill everyone in this room right now. Say the word, and I will start with you. I take your silence to mean that you are no way unhappy with this agreement. Now, have the curious one beside us open the hangar doors. Pray we never cross paths again. And then he flies out. So then we cut to uh, the outside of the Yankee Stadium. There, all of the, the police are there, the paramedics and, and fire trucks and the crowds there. And they're going through everything. And we see Batroc being uh, carted away. And Diamondback asks, she says, how did you know it was an ink pen when I held it? It was pretty light for a detonator. 
not nearly heavy enough to have the equipment necessary to send a signal. But I thought it could have been new technology. Mostly, it was the hole in the bottom. Still, that was pretty bold. I didn't get through World War II without taking a few chances. Or without getting frozen solid in a block of ice. Point Jake. Um, so then a whole bunch of people uh, swarm them to, to get autographs. So that takes a while. Because, you know, Cap's not going to ignore any, you know, He wants to make sure everybody gets signed, probably. So it's dark. They're leaving. She's got her arm hooked in his as they're walking. And she says, well, here we are. This was fun, Rachel. Aside from the whole Batrock thing, I appreciate you trying to cheer me up. Do you still have that movie you rented? No, I took it back earlier today. You got anything else worth watching? Rachel Layton, are you asking to come upstairs with me? Well, Steve, today was a lot like old times. I don't see any reason why tonight can't be. Besides, you could still use some more cheering up. So they go upstairs. Next morning, and we see Steve with his shirt off, having some coffee, sitting in the windowsill, smiling, looking at a Rachel who is laying in the covers. Now, Bob, uh, what are we supposed to assume here? Uh, I, I think probably they just went back and, you know, had a couple cups of coffee and uh, you know, called it a night. Oh, okay. So she stayed over uh, as a guest in one of his bedrooms? The guest, guest room. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So he says, Rachel, morning. Slept a little late, huh? And then she gets up and wraps the sheet around her and says, it's late. I've got some errands to run. And then she just leaves. I'll see you tonight. Yankee doodle dandy. Wouldn't miss it for the world. So Steve goes back to, to pick up the, uh, the DVD again. And uh, the girl behind the counter says, you're not your usual chip herself. This got something to do with that Avengers business that's on the news? Yeah, we lost some good people. I'm sorry to hear that, Steve. The Ruddle's on the house. Least we can do. Guess that's the manager. Um, so then he, uh, he's sitting in his apartment alone. But we see Rachel in her apartment, and she's talking to Red Skull. Yankee Doodle Danny. I'm telling you, the guy's obsessed. Splendid. And then he basically says, take this bottle of wine, take these two wine glasses, and um, I want you to add a little poison. He'll, it'll be, he'll die before he swallows, swallows his, first, his first drink. This ends tonight. No matter hours... Captain America will be dead. And then um, Nolan is back on the, uh, the base and he gets a call from the real Nick Fury who says he wants a, a report on everything that went down at the Hydra Island. So, hmm, he's starting to, he's like, there's no way he could know about that. Do you think he suspects? No, no. So we'll come back to that another time. So then there's a knock at the door and of Steve's apartment, and it's Rachel. She's wearing a nice little dress. She has the bottle. Um, and she says, well, I brought you something. Well, it's more for us than you. 
And he's like, no, you didn't have to do that. So he goes to the kitchen to get some glasses and the corkscrew. Um, and he brings those and he's like, you know, I, I, I could have cooked, but I know you like it better than that. So she's like, I'm not here for the food, Steve. She gives him the look. So he opens the, the bottle, he pours it. He says, maybe I should have gotten bigger glasses. Just keep the bottle nearby. And he goes, I'll get the movie set up. <clears throat> so she pulls out from her purse, the poison, puts it into his glass. What is she doing, Bob? This is Diamondback. This is Rachel. I she, can't believe it. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're an item. Why, why is she working with the Red Skull? Why is she putting poison in the glass? Yeah, I thought she had redeemed herself, you know, and, uh, and been, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? She's not a garage. We didn't renovate her, but uh, certainly <laughs> starts with an R. I know that's on the tip what, of my tongue. You said redeem. Isn't that? Yeah. Isn't that... I think there's another word I'm looking like rehabilitated. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go to head to a toast. And she says, to a fantastic evening, to many fantastic evenings. And he puts it to his lips and he's about, and she's staring at him, watching him drink it. And then just then, Bob, the Serpent Society crashes through his window, his wall, and um, it's a you know big crash, big scene. And it's Bushmaster, it's Puff Adder, and it's Ass. You break into my home? What's the meaning of this? Never mind. I'll ask questions later. And then the two of them start fighting, and the Ass fires her ray at the two of them and you, and you know what that remember what that does the asp ray i don't rick i can't remember i isn't it the thing like it causes them to have like an emotional response whether it's fear or love or something oh, right. like that yeah right? and then but diamondback goes through the ray and push, punches her and um asp is like how you know, how did Diamondback not get affected by that? Hmm. Is that a hint, Bob? I don't know. I, I'd hate to I'd hate to think it was and give it away. But then Puff Adder comes and just hits her from behind. And Asp says, my, my venom blast should have knocked them both unconscious instantly. Why didn't it work on her? Curious. So the two of them wake up and they are shackled to a wall, Bob. And it's your favorite group, the Serpent Society. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. All you of them. love them. Yeah. Well, all you, got, you got Cobra, Ferdelance, Anaconda, who's got back, uh, <laughs> Rock Python, Puff Adder, Black Racer, uh, Black Mamba, Bushmaster, Coach Whip and the Rattler, along with the Asp. And Cobra says uh, that he's disappointed in Diamondback in the fact that um, he's got a score to settle with her because, you know, she betrayed them. And he's holding the shield and he says, Oh, and Captain, thanks for the gift. To be continued. So this next one, again, has the disassembled, the Avengers shattered logo on the cover, issue 31. And it says, the Serpent Society Strikes. 
And there's another Dave Johnson cover. It's Cap on his knees in shackles, surrounded by actual snakes. That's a cool cover, Rick. You know, uh, the shadowing on uh, Cap's face and torso. Uh, you, you can't you can't make out his face clearly. It's 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 just it's got a lot of uh, uh, I, I mean, what I'm looking for, like an emotional you know sense of despair there. I love it. So it's Super Patriot Part 3. And we have King Krober there holding Cap's shield with uh, the Serpent Society behind him. And he's um, basically toying with with Cap now that he's got him all shackled up. He says he's basically, you know, going to take care of Diamondback. But for Cap, uh, he's selling Cap to the highest bidder. Hmm. So that'll be interesting. Who do you think would come to to bid on Captain America? Probably, probably his his the bad guys, right? Probably, probably a whole slew of them would bid on Cap. So they're there, and um, it's an interesting. Uh, Scott Eaton did a really cool page here, right? You've got behind all of these panels a bigger panel, so you see them tied to this pole chain to the pole but above is a really intricate design of of like snakes and serpents and scales and everything very cool but then you have these five panels of cap and diamondback next to each other hanging from their wrists right and uh their heads are down and then all of a sudden cap puts his head up oh no the movie i rented and she looks at him. She's like, you're thinking about that? I can't believe that's what you're thinking about. You've seen that thing a hundred times. And trust me, I'm sure I'll get to see it again eventually. That's not it. I'm going to have late fees. And then she sighs. That is, that is Steve Rogers. That is. That's fine. <laughs> However, I would argue, Bob, that is not Steve Rogers because Steve Rogers would know and respect when someone does something nice for him, such as the manager saying to him, this one's on the house. No, but you can't expect to keep it forever. That's true. You know, that's just, that's, that's, you know, that's rude. That's true. And then we cut to the next page. 16 hours later, Bob, you ever hang by your wrists for more than like a minute? Rick, I got to just tell this story just briefly. That's right. I rented a copy of, I think it was, was it Back to the Future 3 when they went to the Old West, right? And there was a scene in that movie where, where Doc Brown, at the end of the movie, Doc Brown was, was talking to Marty and he was, he was telling Marty about like, like, I don't know, something about like having a, a new chance, a new start, right? And, and I wanted to play that in a class I was teaching at that time. I was teaching a class to, I, I guess I was teaching it to the Marines. And, uh, and so I rented it from Blockbuster and I, I, I kept it a little too long. I kept it like a week and a half. And when I went back, Blockbuster was out of business. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. Right. I'm like, I don't really want it. So I just, put it in the return slot. And I always wondered, like, I mean, it was empty. 
the whole that store the was, was empty. Empty. Yeah, there wasn't anything in there, but the you know the sign was still there, and they still had the door slot. And I was like, oh, uh, well, I guess I should return it. You know, so well, I returned that was very it. Honest of you, but uh, I was like, wow, that was like a like a critical time in American pop culture history when Blockbuster went out of business, and I was there for it, trying to return a videotape. So, and and that. Was it was it was a DVD or video? Oh, it was a video. Yeah, it was definitely VHS. That's funny. Yeah. So they're hanging there for 16 hours, Bob. And Cap's got his head down in, sh- in shade. But Diamondbacks alert. Like, like no big deal. Like 16 hours. Eh. So I, that might be a, a clue there too, Bob. Yeah. So uh, Cobra comes up with the shield. I hope you've gotten plenty of rest, Captain. I want you looking your best for all the bidders I've lined up. I'm sure you'll be quite impressed by the turnout. Cobra, I'll give you one chance to let us go before things get ugly. Ha! I never knew you had such a such a humor, but I think I'll just take my chances with you. Take him down from there. Oh, and it's King Cobra, but I'll let it slide just this once. Consider it a going away present. So they got... Um, so it's Anaconda and Puff Adder, like the two heavy hitters, get him down, and they're holding him. Now he's still, they cuff him behind his, his back, and they're carrying him away. And um, Cap goes ahead, and he kicks the shield out of Cobra's hand. It ricochets off the ceiling ricochets off a pillar and then goes directly where it needs to go to to break his shackles behind his back and then bounce again he must have been i gotta tell you steve rogers must have been like amazing in geometry at school right yeah and i i would not i would not uh, challenge him to pull i was thinking the same thing yeah so as he's um, then he goes, he punches both, uh, Puff Adder and Anaconda. And then, um, he goes and, uh, takes down Cobra with a leg twist. The shield again comes directly to his hand. And then he goes and he, uh, takes out the two of them. Um, then, uh, he, he goes and he throws his shield to break uh, Rachel out, and then just then, um, all the other serpents show up. And Bob, that's that's a lot of serpents there, right? Yeah, I, mean, I didn't even know there were that many kinds of snakes, but yeah, it's a full yeah. house. It totally is, and that's a that's a pretty cool scene. Uh, pretty cool scene, you know, with the the two of them fighting amongst the the whole crowd. Um, so then, he, uh, Cap turns to to help diamondback but she's taken out like three of them herself and he says i have to say rachel i'm impressed that means a lot coming from you mr america hey now respect the rank yeah nick i need your boys to do a pickup sorry cap nick's away on business what can we do for you get a fix on my location i'm at the serpent society's headquarters they're all out of commission and ready to be carted off yeah i think all of them, I think. Bring a big truck. 
And then I, I think his next page is kind of funny, Bob. It is. It is a great page. Yeah, because the next page we kind of go deeper, deeper, deeper into uh, the Serpent Society's headquarters, and then there's a stage with a gavel and a chair, and there's these villains standing there. And can you name all the villains? Oh my gosh, is is that Gargoyle? Mm-mm. No, Dragon Man. Dragon Man. Oh yeah, Dragon Man. Oh yes, it's yeah, been a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see we got zola we got baron strucker there's hide in the back i think that's viper right yep is that the is that the swordsman no i think that's uh i don't know zola. who that is i think it's zola with the sword with this head cut off it doesn't show yeah. it yeah and then we've got uh um baron blood and of course yep. modok yeah yeah and so um and then there's kind of like a quiet and it kind of zooms in on a few of them and then you see Modok, who's got a very big head, as we all know. And he says, all this waiting is giving me a headache. Clever. That's kind of funny, right? Yeah. I got a question. Yeah. What's Mr. Hyde doing there? I guess he broke out again, huh? That was quick. Yeah. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. I think that that they shouldn't have put Mr. Hyde in there. I think somehow they messed that up. You know, like Dragon Man, come on. Dragon Man's not going to show up and bid on Captain America. Right. Right. He's just kind of like a mindless kind of creation. Right. I mean. Uh, yeah. And I'm just like, why would they cut off Zola's head and not show his head? Is there, was there a reason for that? I don't know. Huh. Um, so then we cut to uh, Nolan, who is getting caught by Nick Fury. And Nick Fury's there with Dum Dum Dugan and Sharon Carter with the big blonde hair, a la Ron Garney. Indeed, yeah. And so Nolan's been captured. So then we cut to uh, another page, which makes no sense to me, Bob. I have no idea why this page is here. <laughs> right, I know, right? <laughs> it's Spider-Man. And he goes to Captain America's apartment looking for him. Nobody's home. Um, I'll just swing by the Avengers Mansion. I hope Iron Man is home. And that's that. Yeah. I guess that has to, I'm, I'm sure that ties in with the Spider-Man yeah. story that Spider-Man's, you know, uh, disassembled and he goes off to look for people. So some must somehow tie it. Like, yeah. oh, all of a sudden, now you got to go buy the Spider-Man book to understand what's going on. Aha, not doing it. Nice try, Marvel. Yeah. So then we got uh, Captain America and Diamondback walking back. They're on the, the street. And um, um, Rachel's really thanking Cap for for helping him help helping her out. You know, she's like, "You had nothing to do with it. I'm sorry I dragged into all that. I'm glad I was there for it to help Rachel. I've got a vested interest in your well being. I don't want to see you get hurt." And then they stop and kiss, Bob. You're sweet. You know that. No, tell me more, please. I can listen to you compliment me all day. Oh, you, and she pushes him away. What? I could use some cheering up. Oh, the Avengers thing? You okay, Steve? And here, here's the tie-in, Bob. Ready for it? Yep. I'm dealing with it. I can't help but think we'll bounce back somehow. I'd say we've been through worse before, but we haven't. We've never dealt with anything like this, ever. These wounds cut deep. That business with the Serpent Society helped take my mind off of it. Those clowns are good for something, I guess. Yeah, 
I guess. Well, here's your place. What's left of it? You want to stay over at my place tonight? You could come over for dinner and we could go from there. Well, I sure can't stay here. Thanks, Rachel. I'm going to make some calls, see if I can set up some repairs, and then I'll be right over. Shouldn't be more than a couple of hours. Perfect. I'll go hide all my unmentionables and clean up my place up. I'll see you tonight. You better hurry. You've only got a couple of hours. That was a joke by Steve. Right. I know, huh? Or is it? Does he really know how many unmentionables she has? uh, Well, he's too nice of a gentleman to mention it. Yeah. Uh, and then the landlord lady, old lady comes out and, and uh, yells at him about the destruction. And he says he'll pay for it. Um, and then he makes a call to, to get somebody out there to, to help, you know, clean up. Um, and then uh, she tells him that a, a man, uh, a fellow by the name of Paladin came by looking earlier. He said he needed your help. He left his card. And um, so then he, he says, thanks. So Rachel, then we cut to uh, her apartment. She's got a bag full of groceries. It's dark. She hears, she plays the answering machine, Bob. Mm-hmm. Love it. And Steve leaves a message. Hey, Rachel, this is Steve. I just want to let you know, I might be a little late. I've got to help Paladin with some minor stuff before I can head over to your place. At worst, I should be a half hour late. See you soon. And then who's there? The Red Skull. And he says, what are the groceries for? Oh, you startled me. I'm cooking dinner for Steve tonight. You you shouldn't be here. He'll be arriving any minute now. Dinner? We used all the poison for your botched assassination attempt last night. Meddlesome Serpent Society. You're going to have to kill him the old-fashioned way now. And she basically says, no. Um, apparently she's developed feelings for him, which is odd, right, Bob? Because she's always had feelings for him. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand, you know, maybe absence grow, you know, heart grows cold. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. She hasn't seen him in like two volumes, but she says, uh, <laughs> uh, and she says, you know, I'm not going to kill him. So Red Skull grabs her by the neck and says, then you have no use to me. And he snaps her neck, Bob. What? I know. Diamondback's dead. Sorry, listeners. Wow. Man, there's going to be a lot of tears out there when people listen to this. I had hoped I wouldn't have to resort to a physical contest. But you have left me no choice. I am very disappointed. And then the birds. There's a knock at the door. And who's on the other side? It's Steve in his civvies holding a dozen roses. And he's like, hello, are you in there? To be continued. All right, Bob, so here we are for the last issue of this story and the last issue of volume four. And it has a cover date of December 2004. Um, Looks like the same creative team, uh, but this cover has the red skull on on there and he's standing over a defeated captain america who's got his uniform all torn up and he's holding him by the mask and he's got uh, a dagger to his face 
and there's fire and destruction in the background. There's even a little fire on top of the Red Skull's armor. And he looks like he's got Captain America in a bad situation. Certainly does. So we pick up where we left off, and there is Steve knocking on the door, asking, you know, if Rachel's home. And we've got Red Skull holding by the neck Diamondback, who is dead. Her eyes are open, and her neck is bent back. And next thing you know, the Red Skull is bursting through the door breaking the frame bricks are flying woods falling flying and he's hitting um uh unsuspecting steve in the gut and roses go everywhere but we see underneath his jacket a piece of his shield so he is he is prepared and he has a He's, he's on the ground as the Red Skulls are on top of him. And he looks up angry at the Red Skull. And he says, you, it's always you. Me, you were always getting in my way, always thwarting my every plan. Hence, my current initiative to end your life. What's your game, Skull? Why Diamondback? What are you doing here? Had everything gone according to plan? You wouldn't even be aware of my involvement. Diamondback would have succeeded in killing you if... And they're fighting each other as they're talking. No, she would never. No, not now she wouldn't. (laughs) And Cap looks a little concerned. No. And he runs into the apartment and he finds her there, dead. No. Oh no, Diamond. Rachel. I'm so sorry. You didn't deserve this. Nobody deserves this. And he takes off his tattered civilian clothes to get to his uniform. Shocked? You shouldn't be. It was bound to happen someday. Cynthia Glass, Bernie Rosenthal, Sharon Carter. Your women always have made such lovely victims. This one wasn't even the first to die. And he throws his shield murderer but the red skull just grabs it she just grabs it midair notice the suit it doesn't matter you'll be well of it, aware of its power momentarily i'm going to kill you captain america and he tosses the shield what makes you think you'll succeed this time and then he he he, he couldn't finish the sentence because red skull knocked him down pretty hard then he picks him up he says, color to hunch, and throws him through a wall, and then just keeps pounding him and pounding him, and just panels and panels of him getting crushed. And um, he says, this just hasn't been your week, has it? First, that business with the Avengers. Then you're running with those serpent society clowns. The death of your beloved little diamondback. And now... Finally, after all these years, your death at my hands. And he throws him again through a wall, and he's just beating him down, Bob. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have picked a better time to strike. Futile 
as that was, it's still good to see that you have some fight left in you. After all you've been through, it's impressive. Now, if you'll excuse me. And he kicks him through a wall. Bathroom wall, because you see the sink flying and there's pipes. A lot of detail here. I need some fresh air. There, much better. Had enough? No? Okay, fine. Let's try that again. And he keeps pummeling him, Bob. Pummel, pummel, pummel. And then, just then, at the bottom of the building, the whole building collapses on top of them. I guess they've taken out the support systems, but it rumbles down. And it looks to be one, two, like eight stories, maybe. And then the Red Skull with his armor just pops up. And we see an arm, an outstretched arm underneath rubble of, of Steve. And then he just picks him up from the rubble and holds him. And he goes, now, where were we? Ah, uh, yes, the killing blow. But Cap kicks him. And he says, hold that thought. And he does a somersault, lands to where his shield is, puts it up just in time when the Red Skull hits him. I'll beat you, Skull. I will find a way. I always do. Somehow, Captain, I just don't think it's that simple. And then behind them, Bob, who is it? What the? It's Rachel. It is. It's Diamondback, but she looks different. She sure does. And her head's still, neck still snapped because her head's just kind of hanging. But she also has armor underneath coming out from underneath her clothes and her skin. And yeah, she looks slightly metallic. She looks slightly robotic. Uh, yeah. And she says, get off him. And then Steve looks up, Diamondback? I said, get off him. What, what, what are you? I know, Steve. I'm confused, too. And she picks up Steve. I was nearly crushed when the building collapsed, but I was able to rebuild myself. The Red Skull broke my neck, but, but now I'm fine. I don't know how I could do these things, but I'm not complaining. This can't be. I killed you. Apparently, you didn't, but that doesn't mean I won't make you pay all the same. And she starts pummeling the Red Skull. And then she puts her hand around him and and mechanically it grows around his neck and starts to get into his armor. The limited AI inside your armor and I have gotten to know each other. You're finished. And she pulls it apart. I'm going to make you pay for the evil you've done. I'll make sure you never hurt anyone ever again. You're a monster. Not yet. But I'm working on it. And she's choking him. Diamond, no. You're, you're killing him. Unit four, stop. And that was the voice of 
Nelson, Mellon, Wellen, Naaman, Wayman, Nolan, name? huh? Nolan, Nolan, Nolan. And we have Nick Fury holding Nolan, who is in orange uh, jumper, you know, kind of jail cell fatigues, and he's got um, huge handcuffs around him. <laughs> those like, are crazy handcuffs. I mean, those are those would be made for like Thor or somebody, right? Right. Yeah. Nick Fury's got his hand on him. Things aren't exactly working out your way, are they, Skull? And the diamond. And the robot Diamondback says, I, I, I can't move. And Steve looks at Nick and says, Nick, Captain, you look confused and like you've been hit by a truck. Let me see what I can do about that first item. You're in for quite a story. Meet Mark Nolan. Well, actually, you've already met Mark Nolan. You see, I never sent you on that mission to rescue Senator Wilson from Hydra. That was him. Holographics. They're quite advanced these days. Mark's been scooting around the skies of our great nation and one of our subcarriers, ignoring my orders, all the while plotting the demise of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's been pretty busy. The Senator Winslow thing was all just a ploy to get the weasel some face time with you to use in his upcoming election, which Nolan was well paid for, and to get you and Diamondback here up close and personal in no time flat. He likes to multitask. He also sold our boy, the Red Skull here, this nifty shield exo-armor and a brainwashed Diamondback, who it turns out isn't really Diamondback at all. Do you need anything repeated yet? If that's not Diamondback, who, what is it? That's very classified information. But you've been through a lot, so you've earned it. I, I, I can't move. Why can't I move? This beauty you see before you is a new, improved, and advanced life model decoy. Of course, these LMDs aren't approved for use just yet. What's he talking about, Steve? They work too well. You see, for all intents and purposes, that is Diamondback. Her brain scan was downloaded into the machine in such a way that it's a flawless reproduction. The problem is, they don't even know they're not the real thing. When you try to tell them what they really are, they get a little dangerous. It seems Mr. Nolan had all his bases covered. He was going to double-cross the Red Skull first chance he got. Him taking you out was just an added bonus for Mark. So the Skull was just a pawn? <laughs> I like that. Thought you would. Red Skull thought Mark had merely introduced him to a Diamondback who had gone back to her old ways. But Mark had this LMD program to respond only to his voice commands. Now, as you can see, She's quite deadly. And the real Diamondback? She's been on the helicarrier the whole time, recovering from a brain scramble at the hands of the V Battalion. Look behind you. And there's the real Diamondback, Bob. There she is, looking good. Rachel, is that you? This time, yeah. I don't get it. If that thing is essentially Diamondback, why was it working with the Red Skull to kill me? That was all programmed in by Nolan. You can input commands that contradict the original person's behavior, and they will all meld with their personality without them realizing the conflicting thoughts. These things are going to be quite useful when we work out all the bugs. Steve, what's going on? What are they doing to me? You've got to stop them. Don't let them take me. 
Uh oh. Come on, Cap. Let's get you patched up. So they're taking away the Red Skull. And Diamondback, the real one, sitting next to Steve in the back of the ambulance as he's getting patched up. And who comes up to uh to to see Steve? Mm, Sharon. Sharon. Cap. And the doctor there basically patches him up. And Diamondback says, care for an escort? Sure. We've got a lot of catching up to do. And my place is shot, so how does your place sound? <laughs> my place is missing a wall or two at the moment. Maybe we should just get a room. My, my, Captain, how forward of you. The end. So, <sighs> Cap had relations with a robot. Nobody's going to mention that, huh? Okay. Well, you know, those life model decoys got a lot of life in them, Bob. They do, yeah. Yeah, they are new and improved in every way. I like yeah. how your thought went to the same thing that my first thought went to. <laughs> yeah. Really, <laughs> Steve doesn't get out very much, get out very much, because clearly he couldn't tell the difference between a life model decoy and... Maybe the real... The real story here is, Bob, is we need to be looking for life model decoys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's a great technology. Mm-hmm. So let's get some thoughts. What do you think of the story? I, you know, I love the story, Rick. I, I think it's, it was a lot of fun. You know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of great characters, a lot of cameos, um, you know, move very, very quickly. Um, it was, you know, it showed a, a you know personal side of Steve. It had a lot of action. I mean, it had everything you could want in a in a cap story. Eh. <laughs> I don't know, Bob. Really, you didn't like it? No, I, I listen. I love Robert Kirkman. I respect him. I, I think what he's done with The Walking Dead and Invincible is great stuff. I read a lot of other things that he's done, and I've enjoyed. But you know how sometimes we 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 talk about different writers or like. This writer gets Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Kirkman does not get Steve. Yeah. Maybe I'm sorry. Talking, yeah. I, he, he just doesn't make these offhanded, snarky comments. I mean, granted, look, I understand he's going through a tough time with the Avengers business. He's had his colleagues, several colleagues die in the pages of the Avengers. He's going through a rough time. Maybe, maybe that's an excuse. Maybe that's why he's a little off character and he's saying some of these things and doing some rash actions. Like, I mean, I haven't read this story since the first time I read this story in 2004, right. yeah. but I still remembered that it ends with cap saying to diamondback, Hey, yeah. how about we get a room? Yeah. That's like, a, that, that's a classic panel, right? That, and yeah, it's, but it's not you. Steve. It's not yeah. Steve. He wouldn't say that. Let's get a room. Come on. <laughs> You know, it's funny because, you know, I, you know, I go in for the sort of, the, I mean, I loved, you know, the first story arc of this volume and I loved uh, Ice and, uh, you know, Extremis. I thought those were great, great stories and they were very, uh, some of them were quite controversial, right? Particularly Ice. Well, all of all three of those were. And, and I, I really get into that sort of cap story. I like those. I prefer those uh, and not so much sort of the, uh, you know, action, adventure, sort of puff, 
cotton candy uh, cap story. But I, I enjoyed this one for that reason. It was just a, kind of a lighthearted um, throw everybody in a story, you know, as many people as you can. And uh, it's, a, it's just a good bit of entertainment. Yeah, I, I, I will give it that. That's for sure. I mean, it was like, I think Marvel just basically said to Robert Kirkman, hey, do what you want. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. you have four issues. We're canceling the series. We're going to start a new one uh, shortly thereafter. Everything's kind of tying in with the Avengers disassembled. All these different things are coming to a close at the same time. Mm-hmm. You get carte blanche, like, you know, do a cap story, whatever you want to do, because it's not going to count. It's not going to matter. Yeah, right. Um, so what writer wouldn't be like, well, I want Red Skull. I want Batrock. I want Serpent Society. I want Mr. Hyde. I want yeah. to have you gotta cameos have Nick, of Arnold. Fury. Yeah. Got to put a put a helicarrier in the sky. Oh, we got to bring back Diamondback, and yeah. we got to get get a booty call in. You know, right. like, got to have Sharon. Let's get some Sharon in there. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I I hate to admit it, but it's yeah. Make some good points there. Okay, so let's get to favorite panel t-shirt worthy and time capsule all right so i think i think i get to go first Bob. all right that sounds fair so i'm going to go with um the first issue in this story mm-hmm. for my favorite panel issue 29 and it's on page 17 it's the fourth panel it is the one where the very first time we see captain america have the shield ricochet and go directly slide onto mm. his hand into his wrist and he just yeah. he puts it up in the air and it's like boom like uh, you know i when i saw that i was like that's cool yeah. like we we see him we've seen him catch it his shield you know and like whatever but this one just slides onto his his wrist i don't know i i thought that was really cool that's a good, that's a good panel yeah all right well, for my panel, I, I'm going to go with that same issue, but I think it's page five, right? It's uh, it's right after he's he's dealt with Mr. Hyde and he's he's taking off, and there's a number of panels that show him doing so. You know, cr- climbs up on a on a fire escape and he does a tumble up in the sky, and then he does a handstand on the edge of a building, mm-hmm. and you only see him in silhouette, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, he's because the sun is behind him yeah it's a cool uh, panel. i love that panel i think that's a wonderful wonderful panel not something that you see very often yeah yeah because he's got his he's got his arms and legs out like a like an x yeah yeah and, and even the, the two the two kids are like wow yeah that's a good one all, all right. right how about how about t-shirt worthy bob what do you got for t-shirt worthy all right well definitely the cover of 29 is my t-shirt now Ooh. i gotta tell you i i don't normally go in for the cluttered look on t-shirts i like a single uh-huh. character you know i don't i don't want to cover care mm-hmm. I, I normally wouldn't want to cover but i love i love this cover it's one of my all-time favorites i just love I love all the hydra agents i love the one that's closest to us you know looking back um and, and cap and and, the, and here's the great thing and i and i gotta be honest with you rick i've never really noticed this i never paid that close attention but cap is socking that one hydra agent in the in the jaw and it's and, like teeth coming out yeah you see that one you see those three stars and in one of those stars there's a tooth in that star uh it's just a great cover it and is. so I, I definitely want to see that on a t-shirt 
You know what? That's perfect. Uh, you, you, you stole mine. Okay. Um, well then I'm going to have to go with, um, Hmm. I'm going to pivot here. I'm going to, I'm going to go for something here that is going to be very, you're not going to like it because it's going to be too busy for you. Ooh. Okay. Um, it's going to be issue 31 and it is page eight, the fifth panel. Mm. So that is when their uh, cap and diamondback are battling all the serpent society at the same time it's right. a big panel and um caps full center and he's you know kicking one punching another putting a shit up for another one um diamondbacks battling a few um that's pretty cool you yeah. know like if if, if you want to see cap versus the serpent society on a t-shirt that's a cool panel yeah all right, that's a good one. And what about uh, your time capsule choice? Well, um, I had one in mind, but then, I mean, the video store is certainly a good one, but the video store could be, I mean, that could be like a 15-year period. I don't know if it's exactly 2004, mm. right? I mean, it could be a 15, 20 year period. So I'm not sure about that one. There was something else and I pointed it out to you while we were reading it. What was that? Was it the phone? The answering machine. Right? Oh, the answering machine, right. Yeah, but the answering machine could also be like a 20, 30 year sure. period, right? Yeah. So instead, I'm going for issue 30, mm-hmm. page 12. That is the the one where cap and diamondback are outside of yankee stadium right where everybody's you know batrock's being called away and there's a big crowd there and this is the old yankee stadium they changed this stadium in 2008 so this is 2004 and i know what you're saying well again that could be a very long time period but if you look up at the banner it says 25 world championships so that to me i think pinpoints a certain time period of when this took place because the yankees had 25 world championships so there you go that's my time capsule i like that going in the capsule all right well i i am i'm going with the video store rick i you know because uh and i've got uh, such great memories of that time uh you know, go, going down to the video store, right? Going uh, and getting my VHS tape, getting eventually my DVD. I've been forming relationships with the with with the the old couple, the old Korean couple behind the counter. This is outside of Washington D.C. in Alexandria when I lived there, and uh, so it definitely brings back a lot of memories from that time for me. Uh, and so I, I am I'm going with that. You know, it's funny actually because. Uh, that was the year that I was uh, in D.C. training to go on my assignment to Vietnam. And so I left the next year. It's also the year I got married, 2004. Huh. And, uh, um, yeah, by the time I got back, everything had changed, man. You know, uh, we had uh, we bought our first DVD player and uh, we used to go to the <laughs> go get the black market DVDs in downtown Hanoi and 
What? Yeah. When I came back, all the video stores were closed. You would get black market stuff. I mean, come on. I would. Bob, I what would, would Cap do? You know who else would? The FBI agencies to come into town. <laughs> <laughs> they would always, uh, yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I like that. It's a fun story. All right, Bob. As promised, I talked uh, about next episode. This is going to be a special episode, Bob. And I promised. I would tell the listeners what we're going to cover, but also, Bob, I got a little surprise for you, too. You don't say. I do. So next episode, we are covering, in episode 98, we're covering Captain America 443. Came out in 1995. You may ask, 443, just one issue? What's special about that issue? Mm -hmm. It is the very last issue of Mark Grunewald's incredible run on his 10-year run as writer of Captain America. Uh, it's a sentimental issue, really. Um, there's a, it's, a, it's a great story of Cap on death's door, and uh, it, it kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit, and we thought it was an important issue to cover all by itself. And I thought, Bob, who better to have on the show join us, but the author of the Mark Grunewald and the Star Spangled Symbolism of Captain America, the author Jason Olson is going to join us on the show. All right, that's great. It would be great to have Jason again. Yeah, and Jason uh, and I and we're going to do this panel by panel, so Jason's going to be there with us, and uh, he's going to you know give uh, his thoughts uh, as we're as we're going through, and then we can have a cool conversation afterwards about about this being uh, such an impactful end to uh, an, an illustrious career of, of Mark Grunewald's Captain America stories. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's a great surprise. I can't wait to talk to Jason again. Yeah. And I might have another surprise for you too, Bob, but you'll just have to wait until, uh, until we record that episode. All right. Fair enough. All right. So make sure you come back for next week. All right, Bob, uh, as always, it has been a blast wrapping cap with you. It has same time, same time next week, Rick. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. <laughs>